Welcome to Beneath the Neon. My name is Paul. I'm Rob. And I'm Angelo. We are three guys from Las Vegas in long-term recovery looking to break the stigmas of homelessness, mental health, and addiction in the city we love. We're going to be bringing in some pretty interesting people from around our city. Our mission is to provide a platform to discover the humanity that's hidden by the stigmatized, digging deeper to reveal what lies beneath the neon. So the tunnel that I lived in was a a community tunnel. It was probably about 30 people at its max, but it would vary. Sometimes it would go down to as small as 10 or 8, depending on many different variables. But it wasn't a tunnel that was had any kind of police traffic whatsoever. There was never any risk of us getting kicked out kind of stuff. It was more like if we came to the surface, they might be waiting for us, but there was many ways out, so there was no big deal. And it was part of a larger homeless community in the area that I was in. So there was a lot of traffic of people coming back and forth, but there was always a core. There was a mayor. There was, you know, definitely a certain sense of structure in the chaos, but it was very loose. And uh, most of us had the same profession. You know, I mean, we were focused around the same profession. Stealing bikes. <laughs> stealing bikes was a big profession in my tunnel for some reason. I don't know. Some tunnels are like that. My tunnel was mostly meth use, but there was a mix of everything. Which is like contradicting to mine. Mine was like everything. I mean, my mayor was true blue alcoholic who did meth recreationally, and uh, he didn't like the heroin addicts. And there was the meth addicts, and the heroin addicts, and the alcoholics, and I mean, it was such a blend of disease. I was really like the only one in my tunnel that was a true blue loved heroin. You know what I mean? There was people mm-hmm. that dabbled, but I was the only one that was really, I was the one they would come to if they needed it. I knew where to get it. So I inherently attracted other people doing heroin. That was kind of frowned upon. Yeah, you know I, I mean, agree. it was kind of, no, they don't want that around because of the lifestyle. You know, a meth addict and a heroin addict are two different, very different people. It's kind of odd if you really break it down. I mean, uh, they're both thieves by nature, right? They're both going to steal. So there's. I think it's the desperation that separates the two. Yeah, the detox is so much different. So if I was to shoot up a bunch of meth, I'd be crazy for a while running around, but I'm going to go off and do something. I was anyway, you know? Whereas if I shoot some heroin, I'm going to sit there and nod out or whatever, hang out, and then I'm not really motivated to do anything else until the sickness comes on. And then, heaven forbid, I nod it out, you know, and I wake up and now I'm dope sick. Now I'm desperate right off the jump, and it's like, who is nearby? Clothes, you know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, heroin is it's a different beast. I always talk about heroin was my drug of no choice, meth was my drug of choice. I was addicted to heroin at 18, 19 years old, and I did heroin until I got sober at 27. And then meth, like I had dabbled in meth at 15, 16 years old, and not a big deal, didn't really grab me by the balls or anything. And then about three years prior to getting sober, I started getting into meth again, and I enjoyed it and I loved it. And it was like it kind of was like a wild card to this mundane existence of being a heroin addict at that point for almost six years straight and uh but what i realized is like when i didn't have this is really hard to explain so i'll just keep it very layman's but like when i didn't have meth i wanted meth i craved it but i didn't go out and rob cheat steal lie and i didn't create this huge chaotic mess behind me to get high on meth i was patient and i got what i had to get to get my next fix When I didn't have heroin, I would do whatever I had to do to get well in that moment, regardless of who it might hurt, what risk I was taking personally, if I might go to jail. Like just the the way I chased both drugs was very, very different. And I feel like as a culture that heroin addicts are recognized as that desperate do anything culture, not to say that meth addiction... (laughs) 
isn't a cut you at your knees culture. You could, if you were going to bet on a horse to be like that, it would always be heroin. Yeah. But there was plenty of times when I was out there, especially the last year or two when I was out there for so many years and that was the lifestyle and meth had become ingrained in all of my successes, right? Like successes. Well, yeah, okay. Can like we... My perceived successes, right? Like I can go all over town, steal, rot, whatever the hell I'm doing on meth. It became ingrained. One was the other. Like I wasn't somebody like everybody has their thing when they do meth, right? Like the Right, like I got creative. I always talk about ingenuity is the watchword down there. You start to realize the different uses everyday household items have as opposed to them having their intended use. Right. You figure out, oh my God, we could use it for this. Like, So the only frame reference that I have really is Breaking Bad. Have you guys seen that? That's actually show? an excellent depiction. A lot of it's dramatized. I feel like they, they do good to personify that. I think a really good depiction referencing the same show would be though when Jesse starts dating that girl. Oh, the one who ODs? Yes. Just the characters themselves, the way the director chooses to show she's darker, she's slower, she's she's even a lip, little bit more shady than Pinkman is. Now, she was heroin. Right. And so Jesse is not a trustworthy character, but when you look at the two, like you see one thing in her and one thing in him. And I think that that was an excellent depiction of the differences between the cultures as a whole. I, as well, I'm a heroin addict. I never really liked meth. I did it, of course, but like I never paid for it. If it was at the dealer's house, I would do it. When you think of heroin addict or a meth addict, you visualize the tunnels, you visualize homelessness, you visualize, you know, flying a sign. Well, with, with me and, and my background, it was very much not like that. I had a great childhood. I was never abused, never neglected. I always had what I needed. And I've been in recovery since 2015. And I've noticed myself. And one thing that I can look back on my life is, is that I'm, I'm a product of my environment, very much so. With who I surround myself with, what I do, I fully indulge. And that's my story with heroin. But as, as much as I was a product of my environment and wanting to be accepted and involved in my addiction, it's the same with my recovery. And I saw what Paul was doing and more so his relationship status. Like he, he proposed to one woman, he got married to one woman, and they seem happy. And so that I was, <laughs> I was like, how do you do that? You know, we're still and working on that part. We're still working on it. I think for me, Angela was the perfect balance, right? So I think like here you have Rob and I who come from different backgrounds, which I hope we get to touch on as well. But um, the same landing spot when it comes to our addiction and our use and Rob and I are shoulder to shoulder on everything that we do. But for me, Angelo brought a perspective in that isn't relatable for Rob and I. I don't know that it's just where his addiction took him is different. It is relatable. I don't think that that's fair to say. It's just a different path down his addiction that um, I thought was important to bring on. You can come from anything. You can have everything in the world. You could have nothing in the world. But I'm, I'm born with this disease that tells me I'm not good enough, that tells me I'm not worth it, that tells me I need to escape, that everything's falling apart. And I resorted to heroin. Heroin was my escape. My story is not unique to anyone else's story, but my circumstances were different than Rob and Paul's. Well, I think too, it's our tolerance to reality is real low. You know, we feel everything to the point that it becomes 
becomes unmanageable. We overthink everything to the point that it becomes obsessive. We are constantly seeking instant gratification from pain. Like our tolerance levels are just low. And I think that's why it would be classified as like a mental health disease is it's not by any fault of our own. It's something that we discover over time and we seek something to numb that pain. And my wife says it all the time, if I could put Netflix in a needle and shoot it up, I would because I can sit in front of the TV for 10 hours on a weekend and not focus on any problems in my life and it makes me feel good and I can zone out from reality and same concept like drugs and alcohol were never my problem they were my solution to the problem that is my thinking problem I believe that everybody seeks escape I think what separates us and makes us our own class of people is is that we do it regardless of what it is we give up Mm -hmm. in order to pursue it regardless of who it's going to hurt what we lose and how we're going to come out on the other side of it we're doing it Please follow us and hit the subscribe button. Our first three episodes are being released October 20th, along with Matt O'Brien's new book. Again, that's October 20th, Beneath the Neon. Please subscribe below. Thanks for listening.